Welcome back to the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting right across the way from me is Mr. Kyle Briley, the president of the Georgia Canine Foundation. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me back, man. It's been about a year now. Yeah, a solid year. Last time we were doing this, we were in the middle of So Yummy, uh, sweating, and uh, just kind of like exploring some things that you've been up to. So Yeah, that's right. It was a little warm. It was. That's right. That's right. You upgraded, though. Yeah. uh, Thank you so much. It's been uh, due to all the support and, you know, thank you everybody for watching. So, uh, Kyle, so let's hop into it. You know, for the people that haven't seen the previous episode, Mm -hmm. I wanted to cover a little bit about what the Georgia Canine Foundation does. Yeah. So basically we're 501c3 nonprofit that assists active and retired law enforcement canines. And that can be through providing protective vests for dogs, heat alarm systems, basically it monitors the temperature inside the car and make sure it doesn't get too hot for the dogs. Training, which is a big part of what we do, training equipment, and Narcan medical kits, and then we also assist retired canines if they need it. That's awesome. And uh, I, I guess, you know, the initial question is, how did you first kind of get into that? Why was canine something that you became interested in? Yeah, I'd always known that I wanted to be involved in some type of specialized unit when I got involved in law enforcement. And then I kind of saw how good canine had it and like how fun it was. And so started slowly working my way there. Uh, what did, when did you see that? Like where, where were you at? Did you kind of like see a unit out there? Was it something that just kind of like piqued your interest? Yeah, I was a, actually a dispatcher at one point and just listening to what they did on the radio and then wondering how they used their dogs and why they used their dogs. And then I started talking to the canine officers at the time and then started going out to training with them and then rode along with them and then kind of got hooked on it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you initially got your first canine, right? And then uh, what, take me to the path where you start the foundation. Like what encouraged you to kind of like create something that you were so like, you know, into? Yeah. So I got uh, my first dog, Rio, in 2014. Mm -hmm. And then around 2016, I was talking to a former handler uh, who was telling me about his current medical bills at the time for his retired canine. And I wondered why there wasn't assistance for retired canines. Yeah. So I started reaching out all throughout the state of Georgia and the country and realized uh, that it's not uncommon for people to not get assistance once they retire these dogs. And wow. it kind of falls on them. So that's what we first started off doing was trying to assist people who needed the help. Not everybody needed the financial help, but... Uh, we wanted to kind of change that because a lot of the public wanted to know why dogs weren't taken care of after the fact. And so we wanted to help kind of bridge that and kind of push to make that happen. Yeah. What, what type of bills? Like, you know, what are you talking about? Like 10000 15000 uh, It depends on what happens to the dog. Wow. You know, uh, like my retired canine who's going to have to have surgery. Uh, that'll be a costly bill. Right? Yeah. And uh, thankfully my agency... It's very supportive and they're assisting in that. So shout out to them, of course. But uh, it can be anywhere between like $80 a month. Sure. Or up to, I mean, it just depends on the, the medical needs. For the, 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 the issues are, yeah. Uh, are, the, are the injuries like really sustained during the line of work? Or like, is that what you... Yeah, what I would say wear and tear mm. definitely plays a part. You know, these dogs are working and uh, they love working. And they don't know what they're doing when they're doing it. Like me and you, we can tell like, oh, this is, we're, we're getting older, but they just, 
they're so focused and they're ready to work that they yeah. don't really think about it much. Yeah. So let's talk about Rio. Yeah. Uh, Statesboro loves Rio. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think that's the case? I don't know because I didn't really like push him out there or anything like that uh -huh. throughout the time I had him. Uh, maybe it was just the the mystery of Rio. I don't sure. know. But uh, when I started kind of posting more about him, I just think he has kind of a personality that a lot of people can relate to. And um, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't like a dog, right? That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. And you know, uh, you know, there's all these different platforms out there, and you've actually done an amazing job at getting content and producing content and getting that out into kind of like the world. What is the purpose behind that? So our number one mission for the foundation is to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. And what other way to really do it and get a bunch of people than do it on social media? And there's so many different platforms out there. So that was really the 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 initial drive was to raise awareness through social media. Yeah. So, and have you seen success from that? What are kind of like some of the metrics that you've kind of like experienced through that? Yeah. So at the beginning, of course, like anything, it's really difficult to get mm -hmm. traction. But once you get going and you start putting out content and you start engaging with the people who are supporting you, it starts to spread. And then, of course, you know, some some content will do better than other content and you'll reach more people. So, of course, over the past couple of years, we've definitely seen growth. And in return, we, that's helped us out with just connections. Sure. With just people across the country and the world. Or, you know, of course, we're driven by uh, monetary donations. So that obviously helps as well. Do you see donations flowing in because you're putting out content? Oh, yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? It's so interesting to me because I'm, I'm a huge uh, supporter of content, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I have the content studio, yeah. uh, all the organizations that I'm involved with, we consistently try to put out quality content because that's what um, the world is consuming right now. Yeah. Uh, I saw a statistic out there recently that was saying maybe uh, as high as 80% of content that is consumed on social media is video, mm -hmm. right? And that's wild. Um, do you do a ton of video content? I try to, of course, you know, I do have a full-time job as well so mm -hmm. sometimes we get a little bit busy with that but in 2020 we obviously had everybody had a little bit more downtime so sure i learned a lot about content and content creation still have a lot to learn and uh that really kind of pushed things for us was so of course bad things were going on in 2020 but uh, it helped us out a ton as well from a nonprofit kind of like standpoint, because, you know, again, uh, I think I treat a lot of things such as business, mm -hmm. like, right, in terms of business. Uh, what has been the most successful move uh, on the social media side for you guys? Just more content, pushing mm -hmm. it out, showing people what they want. They'll tell you what they want to see uh, based off the engagement. And of course, you're fighting the algorithm that you don't have a lot of control over. But and that's always changing. Yeah, always For whatever changing. reason, yeah, it's always kind of flipping and changing. changing. But uh, that, that I would say that's pretty much the, the main thing is just putting out more content for people to see because people want to see stuff from you if they support you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about platforms? So, you know, are you you're you, I think you have YouTube. Do you have YouTube? I do have YouTube. Uh, you slacking on YouTube. It's not slacking on YouTube. Uh, that's okay. Uh, you also have Instagram, Facebook. Those are your standards. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I've, I've been seeing a ton of content from TikTok. I yeah. think a lot of that stuff has been going viral. Yeah. So a good thing about TikTok is that you can create content on TikTok and you can take that same content and put it out on your stories mm -hmm. on Facebook and Instagram and put it as a reel on Instagram. 
and then you can put it on Twitter, and you can also put it on YouTube, which I, you know, they have shorts. You, yeah, yeah, YouTube shorts. Have so, you done any of that yet? No, no. I need to take all my, all <laughs> my uh, everything and then port it over over there. But uh, I, it's funny because I was initially not against TikTok. I just didn't understand TikTok. Sure. And then TikTok has been nothing but good to us. Really? Yeah. So. Uh, I saw one of the videos uh, last time I checked probably has like around 2 million views. What yeah. what what does that look like? I think it was the one where uh, yeah. Rio was retiring. Um, retiring. Yeah, it's up to 19 million now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then on other platforms like Barstool shared it. Sure. And then shot, you know, some other major platforms. They had a lot more views than we did, obviously. Sure. So. Uh and what yeah. and what does that mean for like your organization? It means a lot to the organization. Um, it gets our name out there. Sure. And then one of the biggest things from that was that we were able to answer questions mm -hmm. that people were asking in the comments. And my wife, you know, of course, I have to give her credit. She was like, "You should answer some of those." And we don't usually do, do that. that. Yeah. But then those videos also went viral as well. Sure. So it helped raise awareness. Really. Oh, so uh, for the viewers that maybe aren't so familiar with TikTok. I'm assuming that when you say reply, you're yeah, actually yeah. taking the comment and creating yeah. a video behind it instead yeah. of just typing yeah, it out. Instead right? of just answering, you can take yep. it and then you create a whole new video. That's awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. And you saw a ton of success with that. Yeah. We also, I mean, obviously not 19 million, but really a lot more. And then obviously that got us more followers and got more eyes on the Canine Foundation, which drove traffic to our website and people just learning about it. So let's do some compare contrast right mm -hmm. now. Right. Because like I'm a, I'm a big social media guy mm -hmm. uh, in terms of Instagram versus TikTok. If mm -hmm. you were to choose one of them, oh, pros and cons, like wh which one would you go for? So it's two different animals. I would say, in my opinion, Instagram, you have more of a personal interaction with these people with the people that are following you on Instagram. Okay. And then on TikTok, it's a lot like what uh, your previous guest had said. It just puts you out in front of a whole new audience. Mm -hmm. and, and that obviously you can get connections with them, but I feel like TikTok is a little bit more- um, Worldwide. Or, worldwide and more fluid, like just open to more. Do, do you think, have you ever, have you seen kind of like these uh, people that are not so uh, close to the state of Georgia, for example, mm -hmm. do you see anybody else kind of like either donating uh, oh, yeah. or you do? Yeah, we get donations from all over. The That's country. crazy. Yeah. So we have a, our annual event in June every year and people come from all across the country. That's wild. And then this year we have somebody coming from uh, South Africa. So, yeah, it's crazy. How does how does that work? Just uh, we met on Instagram or he heard about us on Instagram and that's how we just kind of connected. And then he saw other people that he was friends with that supported us. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And you mentioned an annual event. When is that annual event? Uh, held this year, June 4th. Okay. Yeah. So that's coming up quick. Yep. And tell me about kind of like what, what, what things are there. Obviously, I'm sure the canines are going to yeah, be out. Yeah, yeah. So it all started with uh, a board member, Tracy Mallory, who came up with the idea of having like a bigger fundraiser. And she called it the evening for the canines. And since then, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown, grown to enough to a point where this year we're going to have to offer uh, a Friday night event and then a Saturday event as well. Wow. Yeah. And that's going to be happening here in Statesboro? Yep. At what facility? So the Friday night event is at the Community Crossroads Church. Okay. They're big supporters of us. Let us train and use their facility, which is very important. Like I said at the beginning, training is a big thing. And then Saturday's event is at the Oak Room at OTC. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. That's amazing. What, what, how, how do you 
in terms of like in your eyes, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously you are at the helm of kind of like growing this organization and helping it. You have obviously pe people that, you know, um, that you trust to kind of like help operate. Mm -hmm. But in your eyes, like, you know, would you, could you have imagined where you are at today when you first started at the beginning? You know, it's, it sounds like a little arrogant to say, but I'm not super surprised because mm -hmm. of how supportive everybody else is. This isn't obviously, you know, the, there has to be somebody at the top, right? Sure. But it's not just me. It's, you know, the board members, it's handlers from across the country, handlers in the state of Georgia, obviously everybody that supports us. I couldn't, you know, we wouldn't be able to put this event on if we weren't able to have all that support. That's right. So uh, I kind of knew it was going to be a big thing. It just took a little bit of time to, to get outside my comfort zone one and then to surround myself with the right people. And then obviously push it out there and put more content out there. If you had any advice for someone that was, you know, wanting to start a nonprofit, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Uh, be patient and be uh, real with yourself on like what you want, how big you want it to be. Sure. Because so. I think, it, I, I mean, uh, nonprofits are not uh, easy, mm -hmm. right? Like not at all. Because, no. you know, you guys are fundraising for, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, and at certain levels, you know, politics come into play, business stuff comes into play. It's not just all fun and games as much as it uh, is fun and it is like you want to have passion about it. But at certain levels, like th things get a little different and it can be stressful and, you know, you can spend anywhere between five hours a week, one hour a week, all the way up to 40 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just on top of your yeah, existing job. Of you're yeah. 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 Um, what has been one of the biggest challenges for the Georgia K-9 Foundation? Uh, at the beginning, it was really just being patient. And like when you, anybody can relate to this, I think, but when you know you have something good mm -hmm. and just like wondering why it's, it's not, not out there yet. And then just, you just gotta have patience. So do you remember feeling that? Oh, all the time. Yeah. What was all that like? Uh, it's frustrating for me personally. Other people can handle it differently, of course. Sure. But it's very frustrating when you're like, this is something good. Like, I know it's something good. And yeah, let's like, why isn't this being pushed out more? And um, when you have good content, another piece of advice with, when you have good content, just keep putting out that good content because eventually something will. Something will, good is going to happen. Something good will come out of it. Wh when was that shift? Do you, do you remember? Can you think back mm -hmm. to when? Like you were like, oh, I'm struggling, struggling, struggling. And then all of a sudden, okay, it's getting a little bit better. Yeah. Was I, it gradual I think or was it was gradual? Like a, a There's been moments here and there, but uh, I just, it's kind of all a blur really. Yeah. I just kind of just push through a lot of things and just know like this is, this is working. So that's cool. Yeah. What about um, the future? Uh, we're just going to continue to do what we're doing. And I think if we continue to do that, plus add on a few different things and more structure and, uh, we'll just continue to keep growing. You think that you'll ever grow out of, outside the state of Georgia? No, I don't. I you don't, don't want to? I don't want to. No, I think that kind of makes us a little unique is that we're state specific uh -huh. and that we have a lot of support from across the country. When, in terms of like, uh, is Georgia a heavier use of canines within their p police force? I think it's equal pretty much throughout all the states. Yeah. You know? I just think that we're one of the only states that is really pushing it out the way that we're pushing it out. Mm -hmm. Have you had, uh, you know, other states reach out to you and say, how did you start this? How do you kind of like, you know, uh, do something similar for, yeah. the, for, for their state? Yeah, uh, we've helped uh, 
three that I know of off the top of my head. Kind wow. Of going. That's what we're really more proud of as like a foundation is that we've been able to kind of just show what we do and kind of lead by example. And the other people will reach out and they're like, I want to do something like that. Maybe not at y'all's scale or maybe we want to be at y'all's at y'all's level. And we're more than supportive of everybody that asks us questions and tries to get us there. But uh, Vegas Casino Foundation, Maryland Police Canine Foundation, uh, and then there's some, a couple others that we've helped. Vegas. So Vegas is actually, I mean, that's centralized to a specific location. It's not so much across like the state. Yeah. And I think, you know, he... His name is Kyle as well, but he would have to speak more on uh, exactly what it is. But the casinos are different than, uh, you know, Vegas, but it's the Vegas Casino Foundation. But got you, got it's, you. It's, it's structured in a way to where he's trying to assist the uh, casino dogs. Got you. Right? I guess there's a, a lot heavier use there than there's than a lot of use, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of use there. A lot of importance going behind that. And then of course Maryland Police Canine Foundation, Scott and his team. They do uh, great work too. That's really cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when canines like, you know, are like, where are they most effective at? So obviously like the nose, right? Yeah, like yeah, in yeah. terms of like, you know, sniffing out things, mm -hmm. they sniff out drugs, they sniff out bombs. Yeah. What else? What, what else do they? Uh, they? They got them doing cell phones. Cell phones. Uh, yeah. And some people like. What, what are of, they picking up with the cell phones? So the crazy, oh, here's a, here's like the, obviously an extreme story, right? Okay. But. A cell phone detection dog is used a lot in jails, okay. right? Because you're not supposed to be using phones, whatever the rules are, whether you agree or disagree. Sure. I will say that one of the stories that I can relate to why cell phone dogs can be important is that we uh, actually had a murder here locally like a few years ago. And whether you believe it or not, the <laughs> there was a, a, a member of a gang in another facility in another state that used a phone in jail to uh, coordinate the, the, obviously the, the yeah, incident. Yeah, the, the incident, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of why, so that's not just the only reason. Sure, but, sure. But um, that, I mean, that's where uh, dogs can deter stuff like that from happening. I mean, I'm still stuck right. on the fact that they can actually sniff them out. Is it something that like the waves that like are given out? Know, what, like, that I they have all the science behind <laughs> all of it, but. Uh, you can you can train a dog if they have those personality traits and all that drive and hunt and all that. You can pretty much train them to find anything you want. They have citrus tree disease dogs that um, that's important. Obviously, they have dogs that can find uh, you know specific foods for importing, exporting Crazy. reasons and stuff like that. Heard truffle? There's truffle yeah, dogs. They have all kinds of dogs. <laughs> I'm sure those aren't the ones that are being used on the police force, no, but no, no, no. But all in all, like I think the main thing that they can all uh, bring to the table is their mere presence. That kind of deters a lot of crime. Does it? Yeah. Well, how? how in, in what way? Just so because just they being there, gotcha. just being there. I think people knowing that they're there or or seeing them, it can deter people from doing anything that's wild mm -hmm. so you know i guess like you know for big events or whatever it mm -hmm. is having the dogs there actually yeah. helps yeah and and when they're in that state you know when they when they're being seen at events are they is there like a switch that you have to turn on in order for them to start looking for things or are they just constantly just some this just on? depends on the dog right yeah. so some seasoned dogs uh you know like rio at the beginning was just always wanting to search always wanting to search and then as he got a little bit older uh, we worked on it really hard to kind of know, like, right now, like, calm down a little bit and then, <laughs> hey, let's go to work. So. Yeah. 
That's super cool. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure there's uh, viewers out there that have uh, pets at home that are mm -hmm. maybe not uh, nearly as uh, obedient mm -hmm. as uh, as kind of like these canines are trained to do. Uh, do you think that every dog out there has the ability to or are, is it something specific innate uh, or, or hereditary that the dogs have that allow them to train up those skills? Uh, I think that this is, it can be a topic that could be debated. Sure. But, um, it depends on the dog. Yeah. And uh, a dog, most dogs, I feel like, need an activity or job. So being able to find, and when I say job, just something fun. Sure. It doesn't have to be a police department or anything like that. So finding something to do with that dog to, to give them some stimulation of some sort. That's right. Yeah. Um. You mentioned training uh, mm -hmm. within as one of the areas that you guys focus on. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like? Uh, are you taking them from uh, puppy stage all the way into kind of like adulthood or, or not adulthood, but rather to the point where yeah. they can be effective? So for the foundation point, uh, training, what we really try to do is make sure that handlers across the state are getting the right training. Mm -hmm. um, and so with obviously our support we're able to bring in trainers that are really well known and really really oh, good okay. high quality trainers bring them into to the state and being able to teach those methods and everything like that uh those trainers uh are they specifically there to train specific traits or is it rather like you know do you have to be some sort of certification or something to be able to kind of like work with them or yeah no uh we bring them in to basically do any type of training. So if a dog is having issues somewhere or somebody, a team or a unit wants to work specifically on a certain thing like tracking, like they're sure. like, we want to increase our tracking training. We'll bring in somebody that's really good at tracking mm -hmm. that has experience of being in law enforcement, has experience and can go in there and teach them certain things that they can apply to their train, their training further on mm -hmm. by themselves and then apply it to the, to the, to the street to work. Sure. And is there like, you know, with, with these training uh, sessions, uh, I guess dogs take to them differently. Like, does it, is it usually like the trainers like, oh, boom, we, we got it. Like it's already, it's already done. Yeah. Done usually deal? the dogs that are, you know, with agencies and police departments, sheriff's departments or offices, uh, they're usually to a point where like, there's not going to be many issues. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because, because they've already yeah, had that yeah, training. Yeah. yeah. You think that starts at the early age? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. You have to already get, get them. Get yeah, them I mean, there's like some dogs, that. obviously, that are a little older that can get it, but they still have those traits early on. They just haven't been, like I said, like shown. They haven't been given the opportunity. So let's throw it back to Rio because yeah. uh, one of one of my one of my favorite topics, uh, especially when talking about you know the K9 Foundation. Uh, he retired recently. Mm -hmm. What does that make you feel? Does that give you any type of emotion or? Uh, I'm not a super emotional person, but he, uh, okay. <laughs> no, but he, uh, he, he obviously has a big, has played a big role in my life, sure. especially with work and at home. I mean, we've spent eight and a half years together, essentially. He hasn't gone on like a couple of vacations that I've been on, but for the most part, he's just been with me eight and a half years. Yeah. And so obviously there is some emotion there, but, uh, I kind of knew ahead of time, you know, about a year out that it was getting close. Yeah. So. Uh, it was just good to see so much support to just summarize basically what we had done for eight and a half years. That's, yeah. That was a good, good moment. 
That's awesome. Uh, what about like, you know, some good memories with Rio? Like, do you have any like favorites, favorites that you like to throw out there? Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of my favorite ones is when he was just standing outside of the vehicle or whatever, we were going to go do a drug deployment, like a drug search. And long story short, he basically prevented somebody from running just by being there. And that mm. person was wanted uh, for a serious crime and one of the out of Atlanta. And sure. he had been out on the run for quite some time. I'm not saying Atlanta's bad. I'm just saying he was from Atlanta. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, so anyways, when they got up to Atlanta with the guy, the investigator called me and said, hey, he, the guy said that he just didn't run because he saw your dog there. So he just wanted to let me know. So that was good because this guy Super apparently cool. had been running for like two, three years and they'd been looking for him. So. Super cool. So just like I was saying, just the mere presence of him alone being there can you, prevent stuff. You think Rio knows? Like you think you think the dogs know kind of like what's happening and what they're doing or. Yeah, I think dogs have obviously some senses that we don't and can alert us to certain things or be aware of things before we are. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not he knows like the totality of <laughs> why this person may feel the way they're feeling by seeing him. Sure. Probably not, but he can probably sense it. Yeah. What's Rio doing now? Uh, he is recovering from a little bit of surgery he had. Gotcha. And then uh, hopefully once we get past that, we can uh, get him back to more of a normal retirement life. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Just, mm, I, you know, just a lot. Is of, he searching the house at all? No, is he? <laughs> he's, had, he's had a lot of uh, downtime. So he's he knows at the house we like chill. Yeah. But probably just... Uh, relaxing i mean he deserves it you know yeah he's older so he likes to sleep a lot more now so yeah he's probably not really bothered by it love it love it well you know what where where do people get in contact with you if, if people have interest in kind of like reaching out yeah. how can they help like obviously we take you know monetary yeah. donations but like but really it's it, those are great obviously and that <laughs> helps you know assist us in our mission but we can't thank anybody enough for just like following, liking, sharing, because obviously that helps with algorithm and sure, all that. But sure. just going on there and showing support. We have a lot of people that aren't able to donate you know, money, but uh, they support us by like sharing our mission and supporting us and liking our content. And um, if they want to reach out, I mean, Georgia Police Canada Foundation on pretty much any platform. And, uh, and is it K9? or Yeah, is it the letter K and the number 9. G-A? Uh, you can either do GA or Georgia. It's usually spelled out Georgia Police. Okay. We'll, we'll drop the links on yeah, the screen sure. just mm -hmm. to kind of like have people view it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else like you might want to throw out there for, for the audience? No, we just appreciate everybody's support and you guys having us on, just helping us spread awareness. It's good. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, Thank man. you so much for sharing. I look forward to hearing, uh, you know, uh, about Rio's yeah. retirement days. Yeah, yeah. And They'll then, have some videos out. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, sure yeah. I'm sure. Cool, man. All right. Thanks. Well, that's the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Cool.